0: Welcome to the podcast. Today I meet Tomislav Bren, who works with entrepreneurs to double how much they can get done in just six weeks. He's based in Dubai, but is originally from Croatia. And I'm very keen to hear all of his different learnings and his teachings around productive and high performance for entrepreneurs. So welcome, Tommy.
1: Thank you very much, Stuart. Happy to be here.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. So, a bit about background to start. Tell me, did you grow up in Croatia originally?
1: Yeah, so there's a fun story. I was uh, born in Slovenia. That is a small country next to Croatia, literally just by the border, right? I'm a Croatian, and then I grew up uh, most of my life in Switzerland. Uh, that's what maybe people don't know. And since uh, 2015 here in Dubai, and uh, not moving away.
0: Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, Dubai is it's a place like no other it's very very special um up and coming yeah certainly certainly and you said that your name your name comes from i can't remember what it was but it was something different to normal certainly
1: yeah maybe that's a little bit out of the ordinary right uh my last name meets actually horseradish uh translated so i'm kind of a spicy root if you will right Yeah. yeah certainly
0: that's cool that's cool uh yeah so as you know I've got a few questions for you um all of which I think could certainly be very beneficial for myself to know and also for for listeners to know as well uh, all around you know productivity especially for entrepreneurs as well so just firstly how would you summarize what you do and the importance of it
1: good question so how I would simply summarize it, I help entrepreneurs to double their productivity and high performance by building life systems in a short matter of time, as simple as it can be.
0: Cool, cool. That's a good, very good sort of concise, clear uh, elevator pitch, effectively. Um, I think the word productivity, you know, everyone sort of talks about productivity and, uh, and sometimes kind of almost brags about it. I think it's effectively overused, the term productivity. What would your definition of it be?
1: Another good question. Um, It's not about the definition. I would say, you know, what is actually within the word productivity, right? Uh, Kind of producing something with an activity. Um, It has a lot of components uh, to this, right? Which are, as you said, probably overused but it's kind of the art of managing your time right and managing your energy being resourceful with uh, with the things you have and working towards an a goal and your priorities so that's kind of you know in a, in an essence it also contains focusing on on your high value activities because if you you can be busy and you know, quote, unquote, productive. But uh, if you just do work on the low level activities or low low value add tasks, you are just being busy. You are not actually productive. So that's kind of uh, the thing. And uh, the last part is productivity is very subject- subjective. You know, every yeah. individual has a different understanding of what is productive. You know, one might be doing 50 things a day and uh, looks for person B very busy, but personally, it's like, okay, I'm highly productive because I am working on my key tasks that I needed to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's how you hear about uh, people like Elon Musk is an easy example. You know, he's got all these companies doing all these crazy things, but he still has time to reply to random tweets on Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's certainly, certainly how you manage the time and what you're actually spending your time doing it um, or what you're spending your time Very true
1: it's a, it's about setting priorities and i think uh, yeah. what is important to the individual self right
0: mm. yeah certainly what do you think is the best way to figure out your own habits and schedules because everyone you know especially if you take advice from youtube and stuff like that a lot of it can't apply to yourself because you have your own things that are different to the next person that you need to do how do you think someone should Figure out a schedule or or the habits that are going to work for them specifically.
1: That's another good question. Um, I mean, this is this is where the essence of uh, of it lies. I think if what you do every day, this is how you will become. It's uh, and so it's very very key to understand how to build your habits. Um, I would recommend everyone to create kind of self awareness. Figure out what are your current habits. You know what. What do you do on a daily basis? Uh, how do you spend your time? And how much time do you spend on certain activities? Uh, are you able to see some uh, patterns you know, from a day to day, week by week, um, and then understand what what are the triggers that get you to do certain activities? Let's just forget about habits and schedules. Like you do certain things on a daily basis, figure out when you do them and why you do them the why is the trigger that for example could be uh, as, as an entrepreneur you might be procrastinating on some important activities during a specific time of the day you know that you need to do them they will get you the money into your pockets but if you do them at the wrong time you will feel like tired and you will not have you know the proper output if you will if you start adjusting this you know creating a habit okay I will do that as part of my morning routine, I will do it as part of this morning block where my energy is at its peak. Uh, this is how we can start uh, figuring things out. Or, you know, getting into um, from a bad habit perspective, getting into a reactive mode. What I see with most of the entrepreneurs, the moment you wake up, what's your first action is pick up the phone, let me check the emails. Emails are other people's to do list for you. This is a very bad habit. So you literally start your day in a completely reactive and uh, way, and in stress mode. Versus, okay, you know that you feel stressed. Why is that? I picked up the phone. This may, you know, just kind of raise the stress level. My cortisol level got like to its peak in the morning. Literally within the first ten seconds, like oh my god, I need to run behind this, this, this. Okay, why don't you start establishing a habit in the morning, in the first thirty minutes? I will literally not touch my phone. Nothing will happen. There is literally nothing that you can do in the first 30 minutes to solve the world's problems or your own entrepreneurial problems. So start building certain things into your schedule that will help you alleviate stress, that will start to create this better version of you.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good one. And it's something that I think a lot of people, myself included, they know that that's what they should do. They know they should not wake up, check their phone for the messages and emails and that kind of stuff. But it's so easy to do. um, And it is the first thing you think of. How do you think you can get someone to be accountable and consistent with doing that? Because I think I've probably heard that before and I've tried it, maybe done it for one or two days. And then by the Thursday, I'm back to checking my phone as soon as I wake up. How do you think someone can keep themselves accountable to actually keeping consistent with that?
1: There is various ways. I mean, I can tell you start a habit list, okay? And uh, then you'll start checking them off. Uh, Maybe it will not work for you on the long run uh, because of following reasons. You don't have the clarity why you are actually doing it. You don't have uh, set a clear purpose and goal where you're heading to. For example, be it on your personal journey. What's your vision? Where are you heading to? So you have a different type of motivation of starting to implement certain habits. The habit list can then help you. Then there is various um, methods of not breaking the chain because you start ticking it off you know, on a daily basis. And you are now 14, 15 days in. You don't feel like you, know, you don't want to break that chain. So you keep on going, although you maybe are not really motivated. So this yeah. will help you to... Keep going forwards, like, you know, through a kind of a valley of a low when you have a dip. Like, I don't feel like I feel very tired. You still do it. You know, it motivates you on a different level. So it keeps you accountable. Then the other way is get a coach. Mm. Have an accountability partner. Uh, and Not only a coach, have someone in your family, have someone in your friend circle uh, that keeps you accountable. And there is various solutions to this
0: interesting yeah yeah there seems to be a lot of apps as well on your phone now that you can use i've just i downloaded one a couple of weeks ago where it limits my uh i think i've got it set up for instagram and facebook so it limits me to a certain amount of time each day and when i go on to it i have to press a button to actually see instagram and it like waits 10 seconds um so usually now when i go into instagram i hit that button and I have to wait 10 seconds. I'm like four seconds in. And I think I don't need to be on Instagram. You know, and you realize it sort of stops you, makes you realize, what am I doing? Like I've done that automatically and I shouldn't be. Um, so I think there's a lot of great tools now as well online to, to utilize to help with that kind of stuff.
1: Cool. What's. And just to add on, on this here, right, yeah. is this is kind of a suppression technique you're mm. trying to avoid the uh, bad habit by suppressing the urge the moment you remove this app from your phone you will fall back into so this is not a sustainable thing right okay you have to get the clarity and understanding of why are you actually you know what are the patterns we literally mm. just in the question uh, before we were talking about this what are the patterns are you aware of these patterns what are the triggers why are you actually doing it what purpose are you trying to fulfill by checking social media now, is it just to doom scroll? You know, kind of trying to switch off. There is yeah. different ways of switching off. So trying to actually divert uh, your the need into something better and healthier versus trying to just respond to a need.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What's what's your process if you're working with someone? Um, And I would imagine one of the first steps is to set better habits and schedules. What's your system to getting something that fits them specifically? What's the sort of questions that you ask so that you can really help them out uh, on that?
1: Very good one. It really depends on the individual that I'm working with. Um, We don't start with the habits. I think that's a wrong perception. You start with the habits. Okay, fine. So I'll start now by walking every day, uh, 10,000 steps. Like, for what purpose? What is your goal? Have the understanding. You know, it is very key to have an underlying understanding. And for example, a personal vision. Where are you heading to? What is your one, two, five, 10 year plan? Where, where do you want to be? This is where we will start introducing certain habits that will we will start small with a small step, so not to overwhelm anyone, and we'll start building them up. Most probably you uh, read the book or you heard about the book Com- Compound Effect, you know, small steps compound over time. They will eventually get you to where you want to be, but you need to know where you want to be. Otherwise, you know, there will be a, a certain period in time when there will be a lot of stress, a lot of things will come together, and you will start falling short on those habits because they are not really anchored into a bigger purpose or bigger goal that you're actually trying to pursue
0: yeah do you think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make when they're trying to do these things to become productive do you think they they make habits or they they decide that they're going to do things that sound productive and sound great but they don't keep it consistent because they don't have them grounded and connected to those long-term goals. Very true. Right.
1: Very true.
0: Yeah, I've never thought of it that way because I usually do that where if something tells me that, okay, I need to have, you know, a, a different habit or I need to have a different schedule or something, it is more, it's a bit more shallow where it is usually just based off of, what I think is is best, and I don't take that deeper strategic look of aligning it to those long term goals as you talk about uh so I think that's something that's probably most people do it the same way as me, which is kind of the wrong way to do it, and I think most people also do that where they just they set these habits and they don't stay for that long, so I think that's a great uh a great piece of value. Uh, for people to think about to sort of incorporate um yeah,
1: new watch. year's resolutions new year's resolutions are good example uh, the typical ones you know yeah. everyone is getting very excited okay i have the year ahead um i'm gonna do good like what means good be very specific of what is good you know if, in your own context what are you actually trying to pursue like uh, i'm trying to be healthier what means healthier like mm. okay i'll drink uh, one glass of water more. It's like, okay, <laughs> goal achieved. <laughs> but make sure that you actually actually it up to a bigger goal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Where do you think, uh, getting onto more sort of the entrepreneurial side, because for a lot of people, um, you know, they get up, they know they need to be in the office or doing whatever from, you know, nine till five, eight till six, whatever it may be. And then they come home, and then it's very easy to switch off and now they're in personal time because they work in another place and they have personal life in their home. So there's that clear divide. But I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, or even if you're not an entrepreneur and you just happen to work from home, it's a lot harder to find that balance and have a clear divide. What, what do you think is the best way to do that?
1: That is an awesome question. Um, here we talk about uh, what is used by most uh, people nowadays work-life balance yeah personally think i i would not call it work-life balance i would call it more work-life integration Mm. it is very key to start setting clear boundaries especially when you're an entrepreneur and especially when you're working from home you know there is no clear delineation when you start covid has proven this thing you know Productivity started to skyrocket, literally through, it went through the roof because people saved the time to drive to work, to commute, the commute, maybe half an hour, one hour each way equals like one to two hours. So what did they do? Literally from getting up, taking a coffee and uh, basically sitting down at the laptop and starting starting the work and didn't know because everything was on call, things got delayed, it was not optimal. So they started to continue working on, etc. And family life suffers afterwards, friends life suffers, name it. One of the main reasons is you don't set clear boundaries of like, okay, this is work. And this is my, uh, this is my personal life. So I don't want to uh, call it like work-life balance. This means that one has to take precedence and one, you know, where do you start? Uh, thinking? Why don't you integrate them? Um, And what I like to, uh, you know, propose here or given a more insight is make the calendar your best friend, you know, start scheduling your work stuff in there, which hopefully you are doing already, but start also scheduling your personal thing in there, anything that you do in your personal life. So, you know, you have a very clear guidance of at any given point of the day. Is what you are doing so you are very clear about it this equals you know kind of setting the boundaries this doesn't mean okay by 6 p.m i'm done like, so, okay maybe it's by till 6 30 and from 6 30 i know this is like another meeting it's my family meeting it's my family time it's my dinner time it's my playtime etc so you keep on going or this is my email time whatever it is you know make the calendar your best friend and make use of it it will not take you over you are still controlling the calendar if you don't have it in the calendar somebody else is most probably controlling your time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Good way to put it. Um, What do you think is the best way to do there if, if you run a business or whatever you do and your day always looks different? So some days you're going to be really busy with calls, some days you're not, some days you're going to have, you know, totally different tasks to the day before. What's the best way to have a sort of, have any sort of system for scheduling what you're doing, utilizing your calendar and doing it in a way that supports the stuff that you're going to be doing each day, even though it's, it could be totally different at totally different times.
1: That's, uh, that's a very good one. I think it comes down to, you know, flexibility, being flexible with your schedule to a certain amount. Um, and it also comes down to, you know, if you have ever changing priorities, this means something is not clear in terms of where you're heading to. What, you know, where are the, why are the, it always comes down to the root cause. Why are your priorities changing all the time? It is fine if you have every day something different from uh, um, let's say customer acquisition, then to planning your days, then producing content, whatever that might be, that's fine. You have, for example, scheduled your week with different tasks each day. That doesn't mean, you know, there is, there is issues in that. That's, that's good because you have started to batch them and structure them in a, a normal way. However, if things start to change throughout the day, we have to make sure that we embrace uh, proper prioritization. This is, uh, me, me, be, no, first of all, being flexible to that change. Like, okay, I have, let's say, a buffer that if something comes in, I am applying a buffer. So I know that there is a potential... Uh, disruption coming in. I am I have already addressed it, so I have planned ahead. The next one is prioritization. What I just mentioned before, you can have a clear prioritization model. May, you might have heard about uh, Eisenhower matrix. It's not just a to-do list. You have there is a there is something called an Eisenhower matrix that is in four quadrants. Right, it helps you to define what is important, what is urgent. And what you can schedule, what you can delegate, what you can actually eliminate out of this right. whole thing. That doesn't mean you have to do only one for one week. You can literally structure it, okay, to one day. This is what I need to do today. And if the certain things all of a sudden turn urgent and important, then I'm going to address them now. You know. And the other one is start making uh, bigger chunks of work smaller, you know. The bigger they are, the more complexity, the more worry, the more misunderstandings. So if you start chunking your big workloads down into smaller pieces, you can finish them faster. So you actually make progress towards a bigger goal. And there is less chance that, number one, you will be uh, distracted or disrupted in your action, and that you will not make the right uh, progress towards your bigger um, bigger achievement or bigger goal.
0: Cool. Talking about that, talking about um, because I know you're talking about. I didn't know the name of it, but I think you're talking about the um the two axes where it's like uh important, non important, urgent, non urgent, um, and then you've got this is what you do now, this is what you schedule, this is what you don't really care about, effectively. Um, Correct. What happens sometimes with myself is. I'll be, uh, it'll be the night before, and I'll think, okay, what do I need to do tomorrow? I'll start planning out you know, stuff that's set in time, so calls, and then other stuff that I just need to do at some point. And then there's the stuff that, it would be great if I get done, but it doesn't really matter. I could do it the next day, the next week, whatever. And so I'll schedule the times, and I'll think, okay, let's say 10 o'clock, I look at emails, that'll maybe take 20 minutes, let's say. But sometimes when I get to the next day, I have less emails than I thought maybe and it only takes me five minutes. Now I've got 15 minutes left. So my point is sometimes I'll schedule a certain amount of time for something and then it turns out it took way less time or way more time than I forecasted. What do you think is the best way to deal with that without getting totally strayed from, from your original plan?
1: That is uh, a very key driver to success Uh, and I call it kind of the daily review or a daily retrospective you can start off if you're not doing it already uh, on a weekly basis I'd start with having a weekly review how did my week go what did I do Uh, you know how did I plan did I plan number one then yes I planned ahead good so all of these tasks how did they happen did they happen as I scheduled them, or they overran, or I had all of a sudden so much free time, and start adjusting that. Once you do that on a weekly basis, then go. You can start, you know, chunking it down onto a daily basis. You can literally do a daily review. I went down to an extreme of having three reviews per day. So this is how this wow. is how I start to uh, to work in my own system. I have a my day. I have my day split in three. Which is you know from 6 a.m. to noon, from noon to 6 p.m., from 6 p.m. Uh, into 10, 11 p.m., and I do continuously review. So I check upon my day and figure out, okay, what went well, what didn't, how can I actually improve that, so I can immediately take that improvement into my next day and see where we go, uh, where we end up.
0: Mm. I think for a lot of people and myself included, probably as obviously there's, there's always more stuff you can do. There's more stuff you can review on more stuff you can plan or analyze or whatever it may be, but it's always going to take more time. So I think sometimes for myself, let's say it's a Sunday night, um, and I'm finishing some work and I think, okay, let's say I've got 30 minutes, um, before I, you know, have dinner or go to bed or whatever. And I think, well, I could either spend the 30 minutes, uh, doing something like doing a task that means i don't need to do it next week or i could spend the 30 minutes reviewing how i've done for the week from a productivity standpoint uh how much time i've spent on things maybe what can i delegate or or you know that sort of stuff that sort of analysis and reviewing and very often i'll think well i'll just do the task because it's something that is actually getting done that way and I think probably a lot of people do that, even subconsciously. Um, and I suppose it's probably just a balance of how much time you're spending reviewing and and changing and stuff like that. Because obviously, if you spent 100% of your time trying to be more productive, you would do absolutely nothing because there's the 0% left for actual tasks and activities. How do you think it's best to get that balance where you're not spending too much time trying to be productive, but you're actually taking away from time doing tasks.
1: Very, very crucial question. And there's a very simple answer to it. Take action. Mm. You know, there is a myth of over-planning. The more I plan, the more I organize, the more productive I will be. But if there is no action following that plan, Then we keep on planning. This is just another uh, loop of procrastination. There is various levels of procrastination, and one might be over planning and over organizing. Like, okay, I just watched a YouTube video on how to plan my week. Okay, so I start to plan and I dig into planning. So I have perfectly planned my day. By the time I wanted to start to work, it's already noon, Monday. So literally, I wasted like. Three, four, five, six hours, depending on when you wake up and when you start working, um, of actual productive time. What I would recommend to to start with is start with small steps. Why? Because um, if you start with if you want to climb the Kilimanjaro, there is high chance that you will. Some somewhere in the middle or the first of uh, first first third of the mountain you will stop because it's going to be too difficult. You're not used to hiking, so okay. Let me plan to get to point A, and then to point B, and then to point C. So you start stacking, you know, your habits, your planning. You start to improve on a continuous basis. So you see where you're actually getting into, and you don't have this paralysis of planning versus taking actually action you know like i like to say it you know one task completed is better than 10 tasks planned it's as simple as that
0: cool cool so let's say let's say you're i don't know a lawyer or an accountant or something like that um and each day you wake up and you have a bunch of stuff to get through um and let's say you don't take into consideration that much how productive you're being you just wake up and do what you need to do um but it would you would be more productive if you had a little bit a little bit of a think about it a little bit of a review what can you change what can you do better that kind of thing um so you're saying the best thing for that person to do is to take it step by step so to implement maybe one or two of these techniques to be more productive and then a couple of weeks later add a couple more and then going forward like that instead of getting started with everything all at once and then that first week you're living a totally different day to the week before is that i'm on the right tracks there
1: very true you're on the totally right track let's say i take another analogy uh, if you want to run the marathon okay you can start running literally today put your shoes on start running 42 point whatever kilometers. Um, there is high degree of uh, chance that you will stop after a few kilometers because you need to start building up that strength, that that knowledge, that practice of continuously and consistent uh, consistently going out for a run, build up that muscle, and then you start to achieve all of your goals. You're spot on.
0: Right. So would you say, going back to what you were talking about earlier, would you say the step one there is to figure out exactly what your goals are your long-term goals are or do you think getting to that level of how productive you are do you think that's something that you take more focus on a bit further down the line when you've already implemented some ways to be more productive
1: i think it's uh there's different uh levels of productivity or different depths if you yeah. want um Do you want to have some short-term gain and you have a good feel factor and eventually this is going to fizzle out? Like, okay, fine. For example, when I work with my clients, I make sure that we look uh, towards long-term. There will be short-term gains, 100%. Uh, It's more for the long-term. If if we talk about productivity and high performance, everyone can get the feeling of being very productive on one day, one week, one month. But sustaining this, over a long period of time of multiple months or multiple years to actually reach your goals is a completely different ballgame. That's why I want to focus on a bigger uh, timeline or bigger timescale, long-term goals, long-term visions uh, that will guide me where to go. And then we will start small. And, you know, speaking of compounding effect, everything will add up
0: cool cool yeah that sounds like a, a smart way to do it um what do you think are some some myths around productivity because probably for so many people if they're you know if they're on you they're scrolling on youtube or instagram or whatever and they're entrepreneurs they're gonna have a lot of stuff coming up you know little marketing trick tricks uh sales tricks productivity tricks and you know if you were to go onto youtube and look up how to be more productive you would get maybe hundreds thousands of videos what do you think are some common misconceptions and and things like that that you don't think are very good advice
1: so this is this is a very good one and from my own experience and what i see most common especially with entrepreneurs and uh, small medium and even large companies is the perception of working longer hours mm. We think we are being productive by working longer hours. Uh, The more we cramp in, you know, okay, I start off at 8 a.m. in the morning and I worked all the way through 10 p.m. So I was very productive. Everyone has a very, you know, pat on the back. We are fine. Um, There is an energy that you have, an energy, let's say, uh, call it an energy bucket, glass, that you have available throughout the day so once this is depleted your productivity will go south like Mm -hmm. you think you're doing something but your rate of failure and mistakes and quality uh, well mistakes will increase the quality will decrease dramatically you will feel that you're doing something but you're actually not doing anything so what would take you maybe 20 minutes to achieve at the edge hours of a day when you are really unproductive your energy is low you maybe take three hours for this, for the same thing, because you are literally not switched on. This is just one of those. Another one, which is very common, multitasking. Everyone likes to multitask. Uh, as long as we have very rudimentary tasks, I'm talking about breathing and walking, that's fine. Everyone can do multitasking. This is very beautiful yeah. and we should, otherwise something would be wrong. Otherwise we would either fall or we would literally just die. So, and the moment we have, slightly more uh, cognitive um, tasks to do, cognitive demanding tasks to do, meaning we need to put in brain power. We need to think, is it this or that? Multitasking kills you. There is no such thing as multitasking anymore. It is actually something that is called task switching. Your brain is constantly switching very fast from one to the other, one to the other. Have you tried to listen to two people at the same time or two conversations? So you're talking to someone, and then on the side, you hear, you try to catch, you know, eavesdrop in, into this other conversation. Yeah, you have the good feel facts like, oh yeah, I can listen to this and I can listen. And then this person asks you, so what do you think? Like, oh, I have to switch back? Yeah. They like, say, I didn't, oh, I didn't hear This is where you can catch yourself that you're actually not doing multitasking. You're doing task switching, but your brain is so good at this that it makes you feel like, It is multitasking it has a good feel factor but in fact you're not and anything that you start to do like in parallel it will take 20 to 30 percent more time plus the rate of defects or mistakes will increase tremendously Mm. yeah
0: yeah because i think you make a good point there with energy management because you hear time management all the time but you don't hear any energy management all that much. And I'm a victim to that sometimes where I could plan out my day and I think I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. Um, and then obviously it's usually the first, let's say six hours where I can stick to it pretty well. I've got the energy, I've got the focus. I can get done what I plan to get done. And then maybe you get into those later hours and yeah, you just, you don't have the energy anymore. You've, you've, structured your day where it works from a time standpoint but it doesn't work from an energy allocation standpoint and the end result is you don't get done what you wanted to get done um yeah so that that's a good point how do you think people should try and navigate that because i think it is and maybe you'll have a, a different maybe you'll disagree with me here but i think it is more complicated than time management because you can get a bit of paper You can say, nine, I'm going to do this. Ten, I'm going to do this. It's fairly simple. It's fairly linear. But with energy management, it sounds like it would be more complicated to figure out the best structure. Or maybe we've just not learned enough about it. What do you think?
1: Very good question. Uh, Personally, I think energy management is one of the foundational building blocks uh, that you need to have in place or should build first before you look into highly productive time management. As you said, time management, I do my planning. Uh, I do my schedule for the day, very linear. You know, If I do it in 30-minute blocks, 60-minute blocks, whatever it is, I will have a good feel factor after this. If I do a review, we, we discussed before, just the review of a day. If I do the review of the day, it's like, okay, yeah, I have completed my task. I ran over a certain task, especially the last three, I ran over by 200, 300%. If you don't understand what energy management is about, you will not even see. You will think, like, okay, I cannot finish all of these tasks. Uh, That doesn't make sense. I should maybe just cut down the task. No, it's how you actually ensure your energy throughout the day. You can have a peak and then you will have a drop. Or the goal would be to keep your energy levels up while you're working on your main tasks or your most important tasks, your money making activities, et cetera. The moment you start feeling a slight drop, start taking breaks. For example, short breaks. Replenish your cognitive capacity. Have some foods. Ha- have fruit. Uh, make sure that you hydrate. Take a break. Go for a walk. Uh, depending on uh, your type of work, go to the gym. You know, Physical activity will boost your energy extremely. Start building up this as a habit. And you will have, again, another... You know, let's say silo of energy in the afternoon, so you can productively use this piece as well instead of just having one peak and go down. So you start to ride the waves towards end of the day. So energy management is very very crucial, and you are absolutely right; it is completely underrated uh, in in most uh, uh, people. I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it seems that most people the time that they start to feel a bit of a dip is around 1 or 2 p.m. a bit after lunch, they've had their morning, which is usually quite productive. Then they have lunch and then they struggle to get into the same flow as they were in before. What should they do there? Do you think they should, like you said, take more consistent breaks, do a certain thing, go out for a walk, you know, what, or do you think it's something that is specific to each person? What, you know, if i was in that position let's say what what kind of advice would you give to me
1: so there is a very it really depends on the individual itself number one and what type of work you do are you working in an office environment and um and you cannot just kind of take a nap yeah <laughs> because it would look strange uh, if you're working at home you are your own boss you're your own business owner um take a quick nap for example take a 5 10 15 minutes 20 minutes nap this will work wonders go out for a walk take that break go out for a walk replenish Um, watch what you eat don't eat a pizza or pasta some high carb that will literally make you sluggish afterwards Um, so these are kind of the the things that you can do then if we go even more into the schedule what type of schedule do you have what type of activities do you do in the morning those should be, because you are really focused, you have the energy, etc. Those should be the type of activities that um, there are more cognitive demanding. They need your brain power, your focus, your attention. In the afternoon, for example, meeting more creative tasks. that don't need that much, let's say, brain power, you know, for, for simplicity's sake. They are easy to deal. For example, you just need to listen. You need to take a decision based on certain facts that will be presented but you don't need to really dig into uh, each specific topic it you know that is so kind of when you start scheduling like this then you you play with your energy so you know okay my energy is peaking here in the morning this is where i do my most important tasks in the afternoon obviously eventually it will go down this this is the time where i put this type of category of tasks and to do's um uh, in my plan
0: Cool, cool. Do you think it makes a big difference what you eat for lunch and how yes. how that how the type of food impacts how sluggish you are, how productive you are? What what Definitely. would your suggestions be there of like a type of food to have that's gonna help you remain productive over the next few hours after that?
1: Keep your lunches light, you know, don't overeat. Um You know, eat to there is, a, I think, a Japanese um, way of uh, eating uh, that is like 80 percent, you know, fill your plate or eat up to when you're 80 percent full. Don't overeat. There is a small uh, time delay until your stomach tells your brain that I'm full. And by the time it says, you know, it sends you these signals, you're already overeaten. So you will eventually feel like, oh, no, okay, I've overeaten. As I said just before, don't eat a pizza or pasta or some heavy carb food, because this will literally just spike your uh, sugar level, you know, in your body up. And what, what happens after flying up high? You literally fall down very low. So you will feel that sluggishness. Have, for example, a salad, have some light food, have a few snacks, and uh, you can balance it like this, for example.
0: Cool. You know, so you would say it's a combination of eating the right thing, which would be something fairly low carbs, and a combine a combination of that and eating the right amount being 75, 80% of what you would ordinarily eat, which would be a hundred percent enough to make you full. That's what you're saying?
1: Very true. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying.
0: Cool. You know, I think that's something that probably not a lot not a lot of people think about, myself included. Um so that's a really, really insightful thing uh, for people to pick up on, especially if you do work not at home where you have less options to regain your energy. So you can't take a nap. You can't do this, that, or whatever. Um. So I think it's probably even more important for that type of person. Cool. Um. One thing I was going to ask you, obviously it's me right now. And I remember in... I think it was in November, I think that uh, that AI came out where you can, it was like text to image. You say something or you give it some sort of information and it creates images around it. And then I think it was really soon after that, the chat GPT came out and it was like AI became a huge thing very, very quickly. And you're getting all these different uses for it now, all these different platforms. And obviously a lot of them are to do with, uh productivity i keep getting an ad for this app and it's like i don't know 20 20 dollars a month or something like that but it's it's designed using ai to help you get a better schedule or it creates your schedule for you or something like that i don't know do you think they're worth using or do you think that's just overcomplicating things what what's your take on that
1: very very good point i mean ai is now in everyone's uh, ears right and it's it's here to stay so my recommendation is make use of it experiment with it and figure out what makes most sense uh, you know in your uh, own schedule in your own life as entrepreneur Um, how can you benefit from uh, from these most of the ai tools out there now Uh, that speak about productivity or, you know, relate to productivity are mainly about time management and automation. Like we we talk about task automation like Zapier or IFTTT, right? Where literally you can kind of start connecting things that happen automatically in the background, virtual assistants um, or intelligent scheduling. My clear, uh, like, advice to this would be experiment, figure it out. When we are talking about, um, when, when we are talking about uh, continuous learning, continuous improvement, getting out of your comfort zone, if you don't know about it, look into it. Take an hour a week on a weekend and literally dive into this and see how can you apply it in your own context and do a trial run for a few days for a week and see what is the impact that it has actually. Is it a net positive or net negative impact? If it's a net negative, okay, maybe you have not been using it, right? Check, otherwise scrap it. You don't need to jump on every bandwagon. You know, there is this uh, kind of SOS, this shiny object syndrome, everything new comes up. Everyone likes to divert their attention of their actual most important tasks. And we come back to that um, myth of before. The more you plan, the more you organize, you will get more done. No, if you do not take action, nothing will happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think what you said there about um, when you're using any of of these tools and they have a negative impact, we immediately think, oh, the tool sucks. It's not good. I don't like it. And then very often, we just haven't been using it right. That's something I do a lot subconsciously. Maybe it's a, a thing of like passing the blame or not taking accountability or something like that. But very often I'll use a system and I'll be like, this isn't like, this is really bad. And then I will just learn that I've been using it wrong. I've not been doing it the right way, that kind of thing. Um, So yeah, I think you're, you're spot on there, Uh, especially with the idea of trying things out because that's the thing with AI is it's moving very, very fast as well. So there's no point in trying to like, get the perfect schedule, especially with AI, especially trying to get the best system using AI when there could be a new one next week or next month that's way better, way different. Then you got to do it all again. Um. So that's a good point. One thing I was going to ask you about, because um, I, as you know, I travel a lot with the business um, and that can certainly complicate things. You're in a different working environment. You could be in a different city or a country, you know, you have to take a day out because you're flying or you're doing whatever it is. What do you think is the best way to be as productive as possible and, and be productive in a healthy way where you're not just doing, you know, work in the middle of the night because that's when your flight was, you know, what's the best way to sustain that and, and be productive when you're traveling in a healthy and effective way?
1: Uh, that's a very key question because uh, in my past uh, job, I was traveling a lot. So I have faced this uh, literally on a weekly or bi-weekly basis with different time zones. And that's why I want to also go into it. Are you traveling within the same or similar time zone or are you traveling like 12 hour plus time differences? This is a different level of what, sh- what your planning will be and how you should actually go about, right? That's where also energy management come, uh, comes in. If you're in a same to similar time zone, let's say plus minus three hours, this is all manageable. The key is always to plan ahead. How long will your travel be? Will it be for one week, two week? What is the outlook of these next two weeks? What are you trying to achieve? What do you need to do? Speaking of the prioritization uh, beforehand, what is urgent, what is important? What can I schedule by when? So once you have this this clarity and prioritization, you will go with uh, more peace of mind you know uh, into these travels right then being more productive use down times um, for various uh, things especially when you go get to the airport um, yes you can uh, work and start to complete two three extra tasks depending on the time of travel As you said, don't work like at midnight just because you're trying to crank something in, this is where energy management comes in. Okay, you did your right planning ahead, so you know, okay, the moment I wake up on on the plane, I will work for one or two hours, this is what I will do. Then don't stress yourself out by just, okay, getting to the airport, now I need to crank out two, three tasks before I do this this is a reactive mode so start getting into a proactive mode by planning ahead and using those downtimes when you feel like okay it's in the evening okay let me relax you know take a little bit care of yourself and get with ease and peace <laughs> you know, onto the flight have your nap have your sleep depending on the duration of the flight then once you're up your energy is up again do you know a smaller chunk of work Uh, and, you know, kind of complete it. Then the other uh, point is also, make also use of airport lounges. You know, depending on how frequent you're traveling, you might have direct access to airport lounges. If not, then I would recommend you, you know, get kind of this priority pass or lounge key, et cetera. You can get into most of the airports, um, into the lounges. It helps because you get to the airport, let's say two, three hours beforehand, You get into the lounge, you have your meal there, you can relax, you find uh, a working area where it's somewhat quiet. If not, you have your noise canceling. This is like one of the key productivity acts. I do not travel without noise canceling headphones. Right. Um, And do your two, three hours of work in peace. And you know, okay, what is your deadline? By this time I need to get up and get on the plane because the boarding will start. You know, so you have your peace of mind. You start working uh, towards that. And then if you have a big time difference, depending on the time of the day you land, don't just go to sleep. Try to immediately adapt to the time zone that you're actually in. By, for example, having an extra workout or go to uh, go for a walk. Make sure that you eat light. Don't eat anything heavy. Uh, skip the alcohol.
0: Mm.
1: Nobody wants to talk about it skip the alcohol you should not have it because it's going to completely mess up everything you think you feel better with that glass of red wine i will sleep better no you will not you will actually have a more um messed up sleep because your your body will be trying to you know decompose that alcohol in your uh, in your body to get out of it and you might feel better in the first in the short term but on the longer term You will be very tired so this is where we get into energy management throughout the whole week Uh, it is not really beneficial
0: yeah when you mention alcohol there um i was thinking the one the one word answer to so many people's productivity um issues is caffeine you know whenever they're low on energy or whenever they have a lot to do or whatever it may be caffeine coffee red bull whatever do you think that's well it must be healthy and uh, effective in some amount what do you think's the right balance there because some people clearly are overly reliant on it how do you think the fight how do you think you find the right balance for yourself where you're maybe having the right amounts at the right times
1: very good question Um, I would I'm coming back to uh, all the way in the beginning what we talked about self-awareness and start taking note on how many times per day are you having a coffee and what what are the times that you actually have a coffee is it just out of a habit because okay after every meal I have a coffee it doesn't do any effect you know it doesn't really boost anything unless you just like to enjoy the chat with the person because you're having a coffee that's fine but in case of productivity you know you can strategically ha- have coffees is that caffeine boost to help you level up that energy and again these are kind of quick uh, quick fixes or you know fixing the symptom of energy management we are not actually addressing the root cause which is the sluggishness, for example, in the afternoon. Are you doing enough workout or are you doing any workout? You know, and it has been proven by research that when, if you do daily workout, at least for 30 minutes, be it walking, be it running, be it some strenuous uh, activities, um, your energy level, your cognitive capacity will increase. You will therefore also have less need for a coffee. So try to first understand how many times and when are you taking it? What are the triggers that you're actually taking it? And then see what if you start to experiment with different timings or with less amount of coffee over a week and see how this will actually impact you. And obviously, do exercise. This is gonna be your coffee caffeine number one. It's gonna be better than caffeine. I I I can literally vouch for this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's just coming into my head there, kind of all the all the stuff that you've talked about over the last hour-ish very commonly what you do is you go back to the key concepts so when I asked there about caffeine which is quite a particular thing and could have nothing to do with you know traveling or uh, setting your original daily schedule you know they're all different things but you're constantly tying them back to the same foundations the same basics do you think that sort of summarizes productivity in that once you understand the basics, the foundations, you can apply those concepts to all the different specific things I've been asking. Do you think it's a matter of learning those basics, learning those foundations, and applying it to the the niche questions
1: totally, and I'm very glad that you literally just mentioned this. everything ties back to a foundation. Uh, i like to use the analogy you cannot build a house on a toothpick you know you mm-hmm. have to have a proper foundation in order to start start building it up have a huge or tall building if the foundation is not right eventually it will fall apart or crumble and it will be not as effective as it can be
0: yeah yeah you mentioned uh noise cancelling headphones a minute ago and I was going to go into it but I chose to go into the caffeine stuff instead um a lot of people probably especially the younger generations listen to music when they're working and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that because I think it's something that probably a lot of people they have their own bias like in the way that they maybe listen to music while they work and they probably justify it to themselves they say well it makes me concentrate better or something like that. But the real reason is just they like the music and it's boring without it. Do you think it, is, it can be productive to listen to music while you're working? Or do you think 99% of the time it's just a justification because it makes it more enjoyable?
1: Very good question. And uh, I can give you a very simple answer. I can give you a more elaborated answer. the uh, The simple answer is Yes, I think it can make you more productive. And uh, you know the more elaborated one is what we started to talk about in the beginning is productivity is subjective. So every individual person, entrepreneur, will have a different sense of productivity or what makes them focus more, what helps them with attention, etc. cetera. Um, what I like to recommend here is instead of just always relying on noise cancelling and music, listening to this. Experiment. See how it would be if you don't do it, but do it over multiple days. Let's say, okay, this week I will try to literally focus on this and do it without the headphones. See if you can keep your attention, keep your focus. So is actually music the trigger or is it just uh, nice to have? Again, I'm not saying Remove music from your life. I like to, I love to listen to music. I have a special app uh, that is called Brain FM. When I go into my uh, deep focus zone, uh, because this is based on uh, research and AI, depending on hum- how the brain waves are, etc., this is how it feeds your music. So there is no specific lyrics or songs that, uh, that would be in there. It's literally some white noise or some specific uh, waves that help you to get into literally flow state. So by now I have, I'm so tuned into this that I put them on in a matter of 20 to 30 seconds. I'm like zoomed out. I am completely into my uh, my task. Doesn't matter who is around, I don't see anything anymore. So this is to that level I, I was able to bring it. But I also know how to do that without the headphones because yeah. most of the time, or there might be, um, Times where you do not have headphones handy. So you need to be able to actually get into this. That's what I'm saying. Start experimenting and see what works best for you and then do more of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think what you said there is key about it's helpful, but you don't need it because it's easy to get reliant on these little apps or these little tricks. Um, I think it's important not to be reliant on it to sort of, um, you know, use it and, and utilize it as much as possible but not become dependent on it <clears throat> which is a good point and uh that's good that you linked it back to a basic there i was waiting to see what foundational part you were gonna bring that back to um so that's cool what was it you said brain fm was that the name
1: brain fm yes that's a that's an amazing app uh it, it costs a little bit but it's uh, right. worth every, uh, every dollar that you're going to spend on this. So I'm happy to invest in anything, you know, that helps me with my own productivity, with my own energy, with my own focus, etc. And as I said, I'm not reliant on this app. You know, there is days where I don't even touch it. Um, and uh, then there is days where I kind of I want it. Because it key, it helps me way more. If I'm especially in my, if I'm in any noisy environment that I cannot get out of a noisy environment, this is where I, you know, I'm in my own world. But I can also be in a very calm environment, and I don't need this. It's and then nice to have next to it, and I can see the differences, you know. Uh, because it's also, you know, to add one more point, to not make it relevant. If you, for example, try to work without headphones, notice. And become self-aware of where is your brain moving. What are the thoughts that actually go through your head, you know? And start writing them down. Yeah. So you know, take, see the patterns. Where, where are you heading? What, what is it? Is it open loops that constantly keep bugging you? And this act, this means the moment you actually put the headphones on, th- this is just another distraction. But it's a more welcome distraction. Still, the things are not resolved. Your open lo- loops are not resolved. So not having headphones and figuring out what your open loops are and start to take to address them at a a later stage will on the long run be better
0: Mm. yeah so what would you say um you know how would you summarize the sort of key foundations that you've talked about so you've talked about experimentation you've talked about taking it one step at a time um, and a few others, what would you say, you know, if someone's going to leave this podcast um, and they want to just remember what the key foundations are, what are they?
1: So there is one key step that we did not even uh, touch upon, which is okay. called mindset. Right. You know, yeah. I'm very much into a mindset. Uh, every entrepreneur that will start working with me, they will go through a brain rewiring, uh, I w- I would call it know uh, I'm joking. It's, it's about really having the right mindset in place. Um, and this is what I call a relentless improvement mindset. Right. There is no such thing as uh, status quo. Uh, there is either you grow or you decline or you die or whatever negative connotation we want to put uh, into yeah. this. So this is kind of the foundation of it. Then we need to understand what is the motivation What gets you up in the morning? You know, what makes you move? Um, In order to have that, we were talking about a vision, having a clear goal set. So you are actually motivated. Then you start to build a discipline. And this comes in a form of systems that are also called habits and routines. How do you build them up? Then you understand, okay, you start to adapt a different type of mindset of continuous learning based on your systems you know it's kind of a self improvement loop and that's where you try to hopefully get into mastery mm. of certain things so foundation to summarize mindset motivation discipline uh, these are the big building blocks uh, that that will definitely help you
0: fantastic fantastic well i think a lot of really really deep and good and specific uh, knowledge has been shared today. Um, I think we've managed to get past some of the sort of generic, plain stuff that you would get on your average YouTube video, um, and some of the stuff that people can really start implementing to make it work for themselves as well. Uh, so I really appreciate that, Tommy. Thanks for coming on. Uh, me myself has have learned. Uh, I've learned a lot from this on you know what I can do to become more productive, have better schedules from, you know, for business life and for personal life as well. And as you say, integration as opposed to balance. Um and I'm sure anyone listening has learned a lot of good stuff as well. So appreciate you coming on, Tommy.
1: Thank you very much, Stuart, for providing me this opportunity. It was great uh to chat with you.
0: Of course. Glad to hear. Just to remind the listeners, Tommy works with entrepreneurs to become twice as productive in six weeks through a lot of the techniques mentioned today and many others as well. Tommy, what would be the best way for someone to get in touch with you to potentially schedule a call?
1: Great uh, question. I would say hit me up on Instagram, follow me and send me a message and I will uh, get in touch with you and then we'll take it from there.
0: Perfect. Good stuff. Well, Tommy, thanks for coming on. Listeners, thanks for listening. Looking forward to uh, having you or looking forward to the listeners listening to the next podcast.
1: Tommy, look forward to speaking to you soon as well. Thank you, Stuart. Have a good one.